This is good. I got it. I got it. You're right. Welcome to episode 80. Woo! How about a horn, dude? How about a horn? Here we go. Here we go. Horn. Boom! We're not going to get 80 horns for the 80th episode? <laughs> you got three. Episode 80 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm here with Eric Calvino. Hello, y'all. And Ivan Ocampo. What's up? Nice. Nice robotic. What's up? I like that. What's, What's up? up? On today's episode, we are smoking something from the, uh, the Cigar Snob Vault. Vault. The not most Volt, secure. Not, Volt, not Chevy Volt. Not the Chevy Volt. The Cigar Snob Vault. Um, the most secure humidor. It is. In the whole cigar industry. That's why we call it that. Yep. It takes like 15 turns of the key to get in there. Uh, anyway, so uh, we got something from the Vault. We are uh, going to be talking about basketball and also uh, some rum theater, I guess, is a good way to tease that. I guess that's a good way to put it, yeah. Rummy theater. Um, and a bunch of other stuff. Also, uh, 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 high-tech condoms. So, yeah. yeah. Stick around on the other side of the break. First, a word from episode sponsor, Drew Estate. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense, plantation-grown Magafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian Matafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera, and presented in five Vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. On this episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, like I said, we are smoking something from the Cigar Snob Vault, which is the deepest, darkest corner of our cabinet humidor. Uh, this time around, we got the Ezra Zion Jamais Vu, which uh, that's how Google tells me I'm supposed to pronounce that. Oh, sexy. You like that? Should I just Super sexy. Oh, welcome to the Sexy Cigar Radio Hour. Uh, You've been hanging out with uh, uh, Jojo Mike. Oh, man. Hold on. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Jamais Vu. Jamais Vu. Jamais Vu. So Ezra Zion Jamais Vu. Uh, I believe was first released in 2011 or 2012. Uh, have we had it for that long? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this has been in the humor since 2012. Uh, way back then, they shipped us uh, boxes of of every uh, expression that they had back then. This was at at the 2012 uh, IPCPR, and uh, and so we probably rated it once or twice, and but had all those boxes, so we. We had them stored in the in the humidor since 2012. Nice. Hadn't touched them since. So yeah, the the cellophanes have a really uh, brown hue. Really brown hue to them. Uh, yeah, it's almost like a like a the color of like light American coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a Nicaraguan puro, so that's all Nicaraguan tobacco. It's got a Nicaraguan corojo wrapper, and it was made at Aganorsa. Um, which I guess at the time was still um, uh, called Casa Fernandez back then. It was called Casa Fernandez back then, yep. not uh, 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 Tabsa. Oh no, no, because this was. Or was I it think it was, no, you're right. You're right. It was called Tabsa. Either way, it's uh, it's Aganorsa. So, which 
you know, a lot of things are made at Aganorsa, uh, but this has Gorojo wrapper, which you got to figure means that it's Aganorsa's famous Gorojo wrapper, uh, and it's been aging for quite a while. We're smoking this in Corona, and you can still get this cigar, obviously not a uh, six or seven year yeah. <clears throat> old version of this cigar, uh, but you can get the cigar direct from Ezra Zion on their website. Uh, it's forty four seventy five for a pack of five. So the rare, uh, you know, rare instance of uh, well, you know one of these boutique brands doing direct to consumer sales on their website. Honestly, I didn't even know they were still in business since we don't see them. Since most of our uh, cigar dealings uh, revolve right. around brick and mortar retail, uh, I didn't know that they were still in business. So when I when I pulled these out of the humidor, it was hey, let's smoke something old uh, that I remember being good, and so. That's why I got, and then we actually researched after the fact. Right. Oh, okay. These guys are doing direct to consumer, so. Yeah. I, I just wanted to clarify it so people don't think that we're, we're okay, you know, giving them a plug that we're sure, sure. paid for or anything like that. It's just we literally pulled right. them out of the humidor. Yeah, and I and I only mentioned it. Yeah, and I mentioned that because I think it, it is interesting, right? I mean, yeah. It, uh, and and as the you know the business continues to to change, and as the FDA stuff, it'll be interesting to see. How many other companies sort of shift to that or other models? It could be other things, right? It doesn't have to be direct to consumer sales, but it is one thing that I think we hadn't seen in quite a while. True. Um, with the exception of like certain kind of gimmicky brands or whatever. Um, I don't know what to call well, them. Well, or, or not gimmicky, but also like charity brands that do that. Sure, right. Yeah, yeah gimmicky is not the right word, but ones that have a very specific place in the market for whatever reason. Anyway, so. What is your experience of the cigar so far? Because I am digging the hell out of this. Yeah? Yeah. Super you know nice. that I, I remember it more enjoyable. I have a bad cigar memory. I know. <clears throat> and were you with us in 2012? No. No. So you wouldn't have had it back then. Uh, but, yeah, I remember having a better balance in terms of the sweetness. I think you can, you can overage a cigar. Uh, and I think, from what I remember about this cigar originally, I think we've probably overaged these. So you you feel like it's lost some of the sweetness? It's lost the sweetness that would hold up, uh, that would sort of balance out that spice and wood that is now more prominent. All of the flavor, what, what flavors are left are obviously very nice. Sure. Yeah. Because they're nice and smooth and they were good to begin with. So uh, that's another thing. Like I, I, People sometimes think that you can age a cigar into being good. Right. But you have to start with a good cigar, and you yeah. can make it great. Uh, Although I think there are some cigars that you can age into being better. It's just very specific instances, right? I mean... Being better than what it was, but never... You can't like, take a horrible cigar. Yeah, that, yeah. that's not that's not going to happen. You but you might have something that's like a little too overwhelmingly peppery for your taste. Exactly. And age some of that out of it. Correct. Where these, I don't think, have lost... A lot of that pepper. I still get a bunch of it. You know, that's fun. I always feel like the pepper and the wood, especially the wood. I think the wood is probably the last thing to go. Right. When especially you, as you're, you're storing it in, in wood generally. Yeah. But but I think that I think that, that, that even isn't the, the predominant factor. I think it's just the, the woodiness of a tobacco flavor. I think they, as you age them, they, they kind of, those woody flavors so are more do. pronounced. Sure. Oh. Yeah, the woodiness comes out later, uh, and I think that the the sweetness is the first to go. In my experience, I may be completely. This may just be my experience, but 
I find that the sweetness goes first and that, that chocolate and the coffee goes and then the, the pepper goes. And then once the pepper goes, now you're just left with wood. The reason that I, I have this kind of experience from doing that is because when my kids were born, I had, uh, I had cigars made for their birth. Um, Jose Oliva and, and the Oliva Cigar Company made them for me. And, um, and so I smoke one of those cigars from, uh, from those boxes. I smoke one cigar a year. And I've noticed the change. Today, the cigars are straight wood. They're not anywhere near what they were. How old? Uh, so Matthew's 13. So I've smoked them once a year for 13 years, and I've seen them change. So yeah. I've got this very structured thing where I'm tasting the cigar at the same date every year. And I've noticed the change, and that's how I've seen it happen. It's sweetness went, the leathery, creamy... Uh, nuts, cocoa, coffee, all of that slowly went and just got less and less and less. And now I'm left with just wood. It's like wood and maybe a little grassiness, which you never even tasted in that cigar before. Yeah. So anyway, it's, that's sorry for the, I'd the be long surprised. Wind. I'd be surprised to see if these lost any pepper in the next like three or four years because they're still chock full they, of them. They are. They are. With seven years on them? I mean, I would, ex- would have expected them to be a little bit more subtle. Yeah, the flavors are still like pretty still intense. Very good, yeah, yeah, and I'm into them. I mean, I think I, I I feel like maybe it's just that I don't remember what it was like when it first came out of the box. Yeah, but I do think that there's a there's a balance there. Maybe it was there was more of it, or there was more of the oh, sweetness. Naturally, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm into it. Um, I was also expecting the cigar to look white after all the brown. Yeah, that, that, that left over inside the, the cellophane. bleached bleached cigar. Uh, it would be interesting to. And maybe this is something we do. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but to age a box of cigars half in like a plastic humidor and half in a in, in wood just to see what impact that might have. Um, so maybe we'll do that. Maybe we will. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. We can do it. We need the age one in raisin brand too. Mm, that's right. Who was it? That was Rick it? Rodriguez. Yeah, Rick Rodriguez. Yeah. Age in raisin brand. So that'll be the third. What what is it? Wait, I, I don't remember this. You I know take, that it was in the interview, but I don't remember. You take your cigar, and you bury it in raisin bran, and age it in raisin bran. Hmm. You really sold this on us. Like, yeah. well, I wanted to go out and buy a I'm box. I'm a little surprised we haven't done we it. We haven't done it, but we now that it. we brought it up, I yeah. have to remember. Let's just fill this box of old Ezra Zion's up with yeah, raisin bran. Let's see how it goes. Um, maybe it'll bring... Well, you know what? It's lost the sweetness. We'll dump Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Yeah, let's not there. do raisin bran. Let's do Cinnamon yeah. Toast or cookie crisp. Yeah. Pops. Yeah. Any of that. Smacks. I'm a Smacks guy. Uh, I like Captain Crunch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're filling up our aging humidor really quick here. Uh, all right. So anyway, we will uh, come. I think this is the most time we've spent on the cigar at the beginning of the podcast ever. But we did touch on a lot of things. And hopefully you're learning from the podcast about all of the uh, things you can do with your, uh, with your cigar. So, uh, all right. Moving on to March Madness. So... Um, we have a little bit of a bracket, uh, competition here and one person hold at on, this, at on. this table, <laughs> guess who's running away with it right now. <laughs> Ivan, why don't you give us a breakdown of where things are? Full disclosure. This is the best bracket I've ever done in my entire life. Okay. I've done, I do these every year and every year I get beat by everybody who has no idea about basketball. I haven't watched a single basketball game this year, and I've just gotten lucky. So uh, I have five out of the eight 
teams correct in the Elite Eight, and I think I still have. You got Michigan State, Virginia, and Auburn. So you have three out of four. Yeah. You only you missed on Texas Tech. What were you thinking? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you yeah, have three out of a, the final four teams. Yeah, it's been a good year. Wow. If yeah. only there had been money on this. Exactly, yeah. So if I had a horn, I'd blow it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so have, have you been following more closely, Eric, the March Madness the tournament? Yeah, well, I've been watching uh, whenever possible I've watched the games. So – it's been, it's been a really fun March Madness. Yeah, I've I've loved it. That that Auburn game alone. Uh, by the way, I think Bruce Pearl, the coach for Auburn, can have his own his own show. He's so good on the sideline. He's a riot. He sweats through his shirt and he's super emotional. He's emotional about everything, good, bad, everything. He's awesome. Crazy. I picked him. I thought he was still at Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea he was at Auburn. Well, dude, he's got this backcourt, those uh, those two kids, that one kid that dominated the game. I think Harper's his name. Holy crap. It was awesome. Awesome. So, so, so that, yeah, I have, I have watched. Uh, you guys were all aboard the Zion train. That's, I, I was. was it yeah. was. Yeah, man, it's tough not to. Yeah. Tough and, not to. And they lost by a point, which is, yeah. you know. And they won by a point against UCF. And didn't he not, didn't he not get the ball in the final possession or two of that game? Uh, yeah, he did not. It was uh, Reddick. Reddick right. or Reddish. I can't remember how it... Reddish. Reddish Brown. <laughs> yes, Reddish Brown rapper. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did not get the ball at the end there. So, so But, I mean, uh, everyone in the every in the world thought he was going to get the ball. So, right. fair not to I, give, Yeah. Especially when you've got a kid who was a stud as well. Yeah. So Well, but, you know, given the outcome, I think he's owed an apology. You know who did get an apology? Ooh, Here we go. Segway. Joe Biden got an apology from Tucker Carlson of Fox News fame. Uh, I put this in here because I thought it was interesting. It's not something that you see often. Uh, basically, in case you have uh, not been following, Joe Biden has been uh, kissing a bunch of heads. He's uh, he's kissing people's heads, grabbing shoulders. He's uh, rubbing his rubbing nose. Close. Rub- have, you, have you seen the the Eskimo kiss yeah, story? Yeah. Kissing old ladies. Kissing right. old, yeah, yeah. Oh, so God. he's he's all over the place. However, in fairness, and actually, uh, Eric, you and I uh, were talking to our buddy Ed yep. about this not too long ago. Uh, I don't know that that I have a problem with at least what's out there in the world. Like that, some people are made uncomfortable is unfortunate, but he hasn't been inappropriate in in the sense like outside of I'm a politician, right? It, Maybe unwise from an image mm-hmm. standpoint, but not anything that if you saw it on the street, if you saw an old man on the street, like, try to kiss a little girl's cheek, you know, in a situation where, like, he kind of knows her, or he's, like, hanging out with the pa- Like, it's, none of it has been things that, that yeah, I thought. Yeah, or, or encouraging her before something, like, in, like in, in the case of a lot, in a lot of these things, it's, like, encouraging them before they go on stage, and then he'll... Sure. He'll, Give him a weird kiss. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. it's weird. G- given how things are, like that's not to say that something inappropriate hasn't happened. But as far as what's on camera, yeah, but nothing else has come up. Right, exactly. So yeah. it hasn't like it, like none of these things have materialized into. And then later on, as we were trying to recap in the hotel room, he right. you know, no, nothing, nothing like that has happened. Yeah, and God knows that, especially in the cigar world, whether you're in the business or you just show up to a lot of events, you know how affectionate some people can be even in a professional setting. Uh, so 
Maybe that's he. Maybe should just launch a cigar brand. Maybe he should. Yeah. He'd I don't think in. he'd be sniffing a lot of hair in the cigar industry, no. though. No, not a lot of hair sniffing. <laughs> no, everybody's hair smells the same. <laughs> um. So so anyway, uh, Tucker Carlson uh, started a recent uh, show of his on Fox, apologizing for, according to him, having contributed to the hysteria over Joe Biden's uh, shoulder touching and head kissing and all that. Uh, if you've seen the video, and we'll put a we'll put a link on the uh, website page for this episode, but uh, if you've seen it, it's an apology. It seems like it's a legitimate apology, but it's also a little bit of a backhanded. It is. It's got a little. Yeah, and there's also an element of convenience there, right? Because the minute that now, and uh, you know, propping up or apologizing to and ultimately for Joe Biden affects his competition in that primary race. So it's it's a little easier to apologize to Joe Biden in a primary season when he's up against, you know, an Elizabeth Warren or, a, you know, whoever else who maybe is not being that charitable to him. But still, I thought it was kind of interesting to see somebody on Fox News apologizing for having contributed to a negative coverage of it, Joe Biden. It's It's about as earnest an apology as you can expect from this kind of scenario. Exactly, yeah. So... So I thought that was good, you know, and the way that they that they framed it, uh, the way that Tucker Carlson framed it was was good. Like he says uh, in that in that quote, the last thing this country needs is more aggrieved people who think they have been assaulted because a senior citizen hugged them wrong. And so we apologize for adding to that nonsense and anti-human hysteria. Right. Yeah. So the way it was framed was pretty good. Didn't Bush do something? Bush senior. H.W.? He did something yeah. weird. Yeah, so, he was in a wheelchair, and he just like reaches over to sort of weird hug. Yeah, um, someone on stage, but it was even less weird. I mean, he's in a wheelchair; he can't stand up and give you a normal hug. Right. So, and but they were, made a big deal about they, that. They, so you kind of have to come to this guy's rescue. Also, there was also know? the the comments. You'd be very hypocritical. Yeah. Just to, yep. There was also the two factors of number one: the fact that Bush was like maybe senile by then, or kind of oh, in a different a, place in his head. Joke. And then there was the joke he made, which I, from what I understood of the story, was like his way of diffusing an uncomfortable thing. Like, oh, I'm putting an arm around somebody whose waist is at my head level, so I, it's kind of an odd spot. And his comment was, uh, you know who was my favorite magician? Yes. David Copperfield. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. I um, find that to be just old guys saying yeah. whatever and not caring, right. which, is, which I think is okay. Yeah. And which Joe Biden has a little bit of. Yep. So, anyway. Um, so, we'll keep you posted on Joe Biden's head sniffing and head kissing here on the Cigar Snob Podcast. Until Joe Biden's next head kiss, you know who's not kissing heads? All these bikers <laughs> that were shooting each other at a Waco tilted kilt back in 2015. Uh, so, according to the BBC, although I'm sure this has been reported by a lot of other outlets that are closer to this story in Texas. Uh, not a single person in that shooting ended up uh, convicted or even so much as, uh, I guess, one was tried. One was tried and it was a right. mistrial. Exactly. So a uh, little bit of a refresher. Back in 2015 at a uh, Waco, Texas bar, there was a shootout in which nine people died and 20 were injured. And this was uh, a bunch of bikers. Um Banditos, the banditos and the Cossacks. And the, and, the, and the Cossacks or the Cossacks. Uh, Is that how they pronounce it? I don't know. It well, sounds like it's out of the Outsiders. I know. 
<laughs> so, um, and then one guy died who was not affiliated with any gang, uh, who I guess just didn't get out of there in time. Uh, might not have finished his wings or something. Yeah, I, I uh, couldn't help but like as 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 I was reading that story, I couldn't help but like think of like as I see like me sitting there in the restaurant with my family, and then well, you wouldn't be at the tilted kilt with your me family. neither. I I know I know, but it's just you. But yeah, uh, but I could see like. Guys in these colors, guys in those colors, I'd be like, check, please. Yeah, I could yeah. just see that. Like, I'd be, get the hell out of here. Exactly. So uh, so anyway, there was this shootout between banditos and Cossacks or Cossacks or whatever they are. Um, and initially, 177 arrests. Then uh, charges were dropped against all but 120, some of them. Then 24. And then finally, there was only one guy left, the president of the Dallas Banditos, and... Uh, and that ended in a mistrial. So, all of this is to say... Legal shit show is what Legal shit show. Um, I don't know uh, what we say about this, except I think we should approach this a little bit like we did the... Um, what was that island where they spear people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. North uh, something. God, I can't remember the name. Sentinel. North Sentinel. North, North, North Sentinel. Sentinel. Yeah. So, so, before it was the Sentinelese, now... You got banditos and Cossacks. What's really the move? I think it's Cossacks, but... Or Cossacks. <laughs> Joan Cossacks. <laughs> <laughs> the banditos and the Joan Cusacks are shooting at each other. Um, or the John Cusacks. Or the John Cusacks. Isn't there a Joan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Either one. They're great. Yeah. Well, there you go. They, they got a gang already. Say anything. There's John Cusack. <laughs> hey, now. Okay. Uh, Random. So, Okay. How do you handle this situation? Are you uh, are you picking up a chair and kind of like shielding yourself on the way out? Because okay. this was a very open situation. This was like a patio kind of semi-outdoor seating. Yeah, you're smoking a cigar outside. You're smoking a cigar. Are you passing out cigars to make peace? <laughs> so how what? are you? So so what is the question now? What's what's your move? What's your move to? Yeah. How about this? You can't escape. All okay. your exits are cut off. What are you doing? You do know how the girls at Tilted Kilt are dressed. Yes. So I'm, my solution involves getting behind one of these. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm using human shield. Nobody shoots at cleavage. Yeah. Definitely moving to another table or under another table so I don't have to pay my bill. At Ooh, good call. The original table. Ooh. Just in case, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when, when the dust settles, <laughs> I want to have a clean slate here. I am heading for the kitchen because nobody's watching the wings. Ah, that's where I'm headed. Nikki. Yep. You figure solid move by you though. Nobody's watching them. Nobody would blame you for stress eating wings. Like, hey, no, <laughs> come on, <laughs> the thing, the shit was hitting the fan. I'm going for the wings or whatever's coming out of the fryer at that time. Oh, you know who who we should ask this question to is our lechong uh, champ, Billy Singer. Not Billy. Bobby, Bobby Singer. <laughs> Billy Singer owns a, <laughs> a cigar store down here. He might have a good answer, too. So why, why, why are Bobby we... Bobby Singer is uh, in a motorcycle club, so he would uh, And this is one of, the have a good not, one of the not illicit motorcycle clubs. Correct. Right. Cartel baggers. The cartel baggers. Who I've hung out with, and they're all great guys. Can we explain to people who the cartel baggers are? Kind of a, because because there there's a little cigar world like if you hang out in the cigar world you might see these people around in the cigar what, world here in South Florida for correct sure. yeah so uh, so who are these guys where does that come from 
I believe it was a uh, a motorcycle accessory store. Right. Correct. And uh, and then they also started selling uh, apparel. Right. With their logo on it, and then guys just started wearing it while riding their motorcycles that they got tricked out at uh, at right, cartel. Right, right. Is the is the store called Cartel Baggers? That's a good question. I don't know. I think it is. Uh, and so guys just started wearing those those shirts and the hats and the jackets and the stuff. But it's at, but it's not a it's not a real motorcycle club. Yeah, like they don't. They it's don't like it's do like salt activities. It's like the salt life thing. That's like uh, kind of like the like salt lifestyle life, brand. Yeah. I still wouldn't mess with them though. No, they look look a little rough for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, most of them are like attorneys and dentists. And I don't mess with don't, attorneys <laughs> <laughs> or, or dentists. dentists. <laughs> <laughs> the scariest motorcycle club in America. <laughs> CPAs. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. All right. So I don't have a segue for this, but I'm going to, you know. Kind of glad. <laughs> the whole Cigar Snob gang, getting gang, yeah, was last didn't... night at the Amparo Experience. Uh, I only kind of landed there uh, very late in the night. So why don't the two of you guys explain to people what that is? And also we have a little, uh, uh, a little a particular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, So the Amparo Experience is a. It's an immersive play, immersive and interactive play, where you get to sort of follow along uh, one character's point of view into the Arrechavala's family. The Arrechavala family are the family that founded Havana Club Rum in Cárdenas, Cuba, uh, before the revolution. And then after the revolution, uh, the brand was taken from them, like many other companies that were nationalized. And so you follow along this story and there's, you know, there's the, they put you in the, in the moment when the Castro revolution takes over and, and how people had to sort of choose sides and, and it's an emotionally charged uh, play. It's not a play in the sense of a play like you think of a play where you're sitting in, the, uh, in an audience and then you watch a, a play on stage. It's a, it is immersive and you, you're literally walking through the scenes and extremely well done. Uh, the music was great. The acting was awesome. Very, uh, what, very, what pow- very powerful. Extremely powerful, man. Yeah, because I mean, I, they make you part of it. I mean, at one point, like during during one of the scenes, like they're separating the crowd, and they're like, yeah. "All right, we need this part of the company because you, you were actually uh, employees of the uh, distillery at one point." And then they're like separating, and it's I don't want to give anything away, but I mean, it's very powerful, and and you learn a lot about. The history of the uh, of the family, uh, the rum, and also a little bit about the revolution and, yeah. and how that went down. You know, how surprising was that to to the two of you? Because if somebody told me right when, and I just had not heard of the thing at all before, that there that a rum brand was doing an immersive theater thing, I would expect for it to feel more like marketing than like a really yeah, impressive Yeah, that, that was one of our concerns, yeah. Yeah. One of our concerns was that they would make it a little bit too uh, brand heavy and, and marketing related and it didn't feel that way at all. I, I think, if anything, that kind of took a, a backseat. The brand was used as the sort of vehicle to tell this story of, of wrongdoing, which for those of us in, uh, that follow the cigar industry, we know the story all too well, right? Right. Cuban brands that were that were taken from families and then uh, reestablished, like in this case, right? right? So you, so to give you a, a sense, right now you have 
Havana Club rum that is still made in Cuba and distributed by Pernod Ricard to the rest of the world except the United States because of the embargo. And then you've got Bacardi, which owns uh, the Havana Club brand for distribution rights in the U.S. So it's, uh, it's a story that we know too well, right, with Romeo Julieta, Monte Cristo, uh, H. Upman, Punch, all those old Cuban brands that have this, like, dual personality. Right. So uh, really, really interesting. Highly recommend it. The AmparoExperience.com. And on May 11th, we're going to have a uh, – so let me give a little background first, right? So you, you enter, they give you some cocktails to taste, and then you go into the show. And then when the show is over, you come out onto a, a terrace, a backyard terrace, where you can sample some more drinks. And on May 11th, we're going to make that the Cigar Snob after party, where we, we will have cigar companies there giving, uh, giving out cigars, and, and you'll be tasting drinks, and there'll be music. Uh, friend of the magazine, Carlos Rodriguez, Carl Luba. That's right. Is DJing out there. That's a name a lot of people who hear this podcast have, yeah. have been hearing and maybe not knowing who the hell we're talking about. But. Correct. So Carl Luba, is he playing? Is he DJing every night that the show is running? Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So for the next two months, and hopefully uh, the play gets extended, but for the next two months, Carl Luba is going to be out there uh, on those nights and including uh, May 11th, which is our night. So the website for it is... Is it theamparoexperience.com? I will double check Amparo being while you... A-M-P-A-R-O. I will double check while you find other things to say to fill the time. So. Uh, the cocktails were amazing also. The they... cocktails were great. Great. Yeah. We had the, so the Havana Cafe, which is the cocktail that we put in our perfect pairings in this issue, uh, they were making there. And it was excellent. I had a couple of those. I was feeling, feeling nice. all right going into this play. And then suddenly they hit me with all this emotion, and I sobered up like that. Boom. <laughs> so, but they do give you drinks, like in they do, they do. As like you're going through, scene, yeah, scene. because since the whole thing it, it supposedly is taking place at a in a rum distillery, okay, a lot of the action takes place in a rum distillery, uh, or in a bar, or these these settings. There, there's there's drinks involved there too, yeah. which is pretty cool. So yes, it is theambaroexperience.com. Uh, or therealhavanaclub.com slash Amparo. Either way, because one redirects to the other. Um, and did, did you already cover how do people get... Uh, uh, is it that you just pick May 11th, or will there be some indication? Is there? A, will we put something on our website directing people in some... Yeah, there will be no... At least at the moment, there will be no specific indication. Okay. As far as I know, that... That May 11th is Cigar Snob okay. after party. So just make sure you're signing up for May 11th. Yeah, and then the uh, the other interesting thing is there are five tracks that you can go on. And basically those tracks are you're seeing the story from the eyes or the point of view of a particular person within the story. Right. So uh, just, for, just for information's sake, yesterday we did the George track, right? That's what it was called? The Jorge, George. So I think, I mean, they, they all, the other interesting thing is as you, even though you pick, everyone picks a track that they want to follow, there are points throughout the play where everyone meets up in one spot and becomes part of this scene together. So that's pretty cool. Nice. And then you splinter back out into your groups. Um, yeah, just really extremely well done. Cool. 
So yeah, May 11, uh, go out there, do the Amparo Experience thing, drink your cocktails, and... Uh, Make your own damn track. Right, and uh, and also uh, say hello, right? Because we don't, we don't do a lot of these events where like every, all, the whole office is out yep. at the same thing. So say hello, tell us you listen to the podcast, make us very uncomfortable. Uh, and hang out. Yeah, hang out. Smoke drink, yeah, we'll, drink we'll drink. Have, there will be complimentary cigars that night and, uh, and complimentary cocktails. So Cool. And they're also going to have the Finca, the local right. restaurant. Yep. Finca will have a food truck out there. Oh, nice. So all of that is it's going to make for a really nice night, yeah. May 11th. That food is good. I'm a Finca fan. Yep. So, all right. Before we move on, a word from episode sponsor El Galán Cigars. El Galán Cigars, the company behind its core El Galán line and Doña Nieves and extensions of both, brings you Vegas del Purial. Vegas del Purial is an homage to El Galán founder Felix Mesa's paternal grandparents, Felipe and Caridad Mesa, who grew tobacco in the Cuban province of Las Villas. The cigar is made at El Galán's Esteli factory and features an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers, and a new hybrid tobacco called FFMC96 for the binder. It'll be available, or is available, in four Vitolas, a 5x50 Robusto, a 5.5x52 Bellicoso, a 7x38 Lancero, a 6 three quarters by 52 Super Toro. The cigars range in price from $8.90 to $10 each. Follow them on social media at El Galang Cigars or on their website, elgalangcigars.com. El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars. El Galang. There we go. So, uh, Ivan, this next one was uh, your submission. So we'll let you take the lead on this one. <laughs> this next story we'll be talking about here because I have no idea Me where neither. we're taking this. Yeah, and, and uh, there, like I said, there was no link uh, in the show notes to a minute before we went on, so. Yeah. Um, so, help us out. I'm just going to say, the only reason I even brought it up is because it was a great headline. So, uh, apparently, 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 a uh, condom company um, has put out a new product uh, called the Consent Condom, which requires four hands to open the package. To open the package. Not, to open the not package. Not to Correct. apply. <laughs> <laughs> not, to, not to apply. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a bit of a mood killer. So, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Is this more of a mood killer, or is this more protection for the man, where it removes him from liability for any future claims of any wrongdoings against uh, people's? Could also be protection wishes. for the woman. Yeah. You know. But the condom's going to go on him. Right, but not if she doesn't open it with him. Yeah, so she has to consent to it. Yeah, that's the idea. Right. But uh, It's not about your consent. No. <laughs> it's not about you, Ivan. And it isn't common to to have the package open. You and a, you and a buddy open the package, and then you stick this right. <laughs> condom <laughs> in your pocket. It's like loose. In condom. your pocket. Yeah, what do you do? Because then put it now on. you go. Well, now you're going on your. <laughs> Not if you're with your buddy. Yeah, no, no. You put this it in your like pocket. You and your buddy room. have opened this. You've put it in your pocket, and then you go see the chick, and then the thing happens, right? So that would be very strange. Yeah, I you, don't put it on the pocket. I just put it on. Of course not. That's what I'm saying, Ivan. <laughs> you and your buddy open the 
<laughs> I'm saying your buddy around okay, the so, consent uh, part of it. So, so okay, so we got it open. You need any more help? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because uh, yeah, that would be the only way to get around the consent part of it, right? Right. Or if you I don't, don't want to, so. that assumes that this actually works. Yes. It's not just okay. I got four fingers because it's something like tabs that you push or something on the box. Or something I carry right. a pocket knife. I don't know. I'd be careful with a I'm knife around the condom. I, that'd freak me out. Listen, I'm a married man. I haven't had to use condoms in Whoa. such a long time. Oh, ho. Can that, does that get a horn? <laughs> <laughs> no condom used in a long time. <laughs> married man over here. <laughs> oh, shit. Barbie, this one's for you. <laughs> I'm so glad she doesn't <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> oh shit. Um. Anyway, yeah, anyway I'm, I'm just yeah, wor- yeah. I'm just worried about Move all the, the handless people out there. If you have no hands, somebody shows up. Well, this is you the weren't going to be able to put on a condom anyway, Nick. No, but somebody else might. But now you can't even get to like, it. Like, yeah, honey, please help me out here. Yeah. No, I've only got two hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's just uh, a reenactment there. Uh, no, I, actors I, reenact. And the voiceover skill there. I wish we were producing like a cartoon version of this podcast to throw good. that in there. So good. Uh, all right. I don't know what else to do with that. Yeah. But uh, if you're interested in consent condoms, apparently they are uh, they're on the way. So uh, keep an eye out for those. Prince Harry says Fortnite gaming uh, shouldn't be allowed in the UK. Eric, this was your submission. Uh, so uh, what'd you read here? What's, well, what's, I didn't read much. I didn't read much, but I do not agree with the idea of government telling uh, someone what they can and can't do, especially or, or from royalty. a gaming perspective. Yeah. Much less royalty. Much less royalty. Uh, although I happen to agree with him that people should not be playing that game, or kids should not be playing that game. Uh, I think it's up to the parents to tell the kids uh, not to play the game, not government. So I noticed on Twitter, Nick, that you had liked uh, someone's reaction to that. Right. And that's the only reason that I put it in the show notes. Yeah. So his, um, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Yes. Uh, Prince Harry deemed the game, quote, more addictive than drugs and alcohol and warned parents that it is, quote, irresponsible to let their children play it. He went on to say the game shouldn't be allowed in the UK. So for people who are not familiar, Fortnite is... Um, and we, I think we've talked about this yep, on the on yep. the podcast before, uh, but it is a uh, uh, what they call a battle royale style uh, game, which basically means that you're playing online with a whole bunch of people. They're all a dropped. massive multiplayer. Right, right. And you're all dropped into this area, and you're basically shooting each other. It's like a last man standing, king of the hill sort of thing. With guns. Uh, but the, what's different about Fortnite is that because of the way it's designed and all the bright colors and the animations, like it's it's done in sort of a... Uh, fun, cartoonish way that that draws, uh, or at least appears to have more appeal with uh, with younger video game players, yep. gamers is the word there, uh, than other things like uh, uh, Battlegrounds or this new uh, there's a Battlefield something that's sort of in the same genre. Mario Brothers. Well, but it's 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 it's, it's like a yeah, it's, it's like, like a Mario Brothers were shooting Mario Brothers, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
So yeah, uh, there's and, 250 million players. Yeah, and and then the, the game. and then the weird thing is also that aside from the fact that a lot of kids play this game, which not to say that they don't play other games, but they you know this one is especially popular, uh, but it's also popular with adults. So it also becomes this online space uh, that if you're a parent, you're really not necessarily monitoring where you don't know who the kid is interacting with. And as a general rule, it's a pretty brief interaction where people's heads, it's not like you're having a lot of conversation. But you don't know, like, if you're, you know. uh, But but I think that there is, like, a a lobby area where you hang out before a game. So there is. Right. And you don't know if, like, you know, the person on the other end is, you know, a a grown-ass man who's, you know, calling your kid names or is cursing because of this or that or whatever. Like, it's it's not quite the same as buying a, a video game where the whole experience is between, say, the kid and the game itself. Now you have all these, like, this all this unpredictable variable that's happening there. Yep. Yeah, it's like uh like everyone in, in the mall in a mall where you've got this entire mix of people from all kinds of right. ages and uh ethnicities or whatever and all of these people together were playing this video game. Right. And you had the chance to talk to all these people at once. I, I don't know. It's just I, I agree with him in, in terms of of uh I don't think it's a good idea for, for kids to play it, at least not at the level that I see kids playing it. I have two boys that are of that age, so I see uh, I see it. Uh, at the same time, I don't think that he was calling for government. Yeah. To, so that so to be fair, there, I don't right. think he's calling for a ban of the game or anything like that. To his in his defense. Um, but at the same time, if you're in government and you're making state, you always have to be mindful of the fact that yeah, that's kind of how that begins, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Regardless of what should or shouldn't happen with that, uh, I do think ultimately this is one of those cases where money wins out this thing made more than close to two and a half billion dollars last year alone uh nobody's banning this thing (laughs) they will fight tooth and nail to make sure that whoever wants to play this thing and has access to it is going to play this thing um and it also doesn't seem like this genre is going anywhere because it's also become a huge part of this esports phenomenon um in in part because uh, you know it, it's a very singular like one player thing and and I think th- there's so much happening and so much stimulus that it's a bigger deal than say like uh, watching somebody play Madden football or something mm-hmm. right like it, when, especially when you could just watch football yeah and I th- I think the biggest danger with this game is really the uh, the way that that parents and I get it uh, you need some private time you and your you and your lady. And so your kids are playing the game. They've got their headphones. <laughs> late horn. <laughs> late, on late on the horn. So, you know, so parents want that, that privacy and their kids got the headphones on and he's playing for hours and hours and hours on end, which gives you time. But that's just not, that's just not how that should be done. Right. Parents should have that internal clock. Absolutely. That says, uh, we okay, are, this yeah. guy's been on here of for way too long. Right. All right. Let's quit. Yeah, right, except you know. that he's not interrupting you while you're watching American Idol or whatever you're watching, and and so your the parents love that that the kid's but not interrupting. Still, obviously, I, my kids don't play it, so you know. Obviously, we have that clock that you're talking about. Right, it's but, the same clock if you were like watching a meat candy or, or just doing anything excessively. You have to have that internal clock that says, "Okay, that's enough." Yeah, I think another interesting thing is that like now more so than say five or ten years ago. You have a lot of kids who are playing this whose parents also play this, which I think also maybe changes some of that math, right? Because if you're a parent, you're playing with them, then you're sort of in on it and you know what's going on and you're aware of all that. All my friends play with their kids. Do they? Yeah. 
I guess I am not his friend. There you go. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, well, I mean. <laughs> no, I'm joking, dude. But, no. I mean, you're anti-video games, which is fine. Yeah. But I have the uh, the opposite side of the spectrum. The ones who play video games play with their kids. The ones play who play, play with their kids, and, they play, and they're, they're fanatics. Yeah. It's crack. And do they play this? Do you, do yeah, you, yeah, yeah, they yeah, play they, this. Yeah. yeah. So, have you played this? <sighs> okay. All of all of these shooting, what are they called? First person Something shooting like that, yeah. games? I don't First think... shooters, but yeah, this well, isn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyways. I, any, all of these games, I get yeah. shot... And killed within the first two seconds of me setting foot on right. any battleground I get on. <laughs> I'm running around with my head on a swivel. I'm freaking dizzy. I get nauseous and then I get shot and I die. <laughs> so that's in part that of, order. Yeah, that's, that's part of the reason that I don't even generally bother with these games because I didn't have any of the console thing when I was a kid. I didn't get like a PlayStation until I was in high school. And by then, like I hadn't spent those previous five to ten years developing a level of comfort with that control thing and I'm, i just never really totally got used to it so whenever i'm playing with people who have some sense of what they're doing it just it's very frustrating it's like for me it's it's there with golf if i'm golfing with people who well, never mind who know what they're doing if i'm, I'm golfing with anyone with a pulse. yes exactly uh i'm just i'm getting frustrated inside of the first 30 seconds it's a, a huge pain um but, but anyway it's a huge i think fortnite is free it and, is, and they make all their money yeah, off, purchase, yeah. off off the in-game purchase, right? Which is crazy. Yeah, and yeah, two and a half billion dollars, mm-hmm. and it's an in-game purchases meaning like, oh, I want my Weapons. gun to be purple yeah. or something, like, and skins. That's what that is. Dance yeah. moves after you skins, kill somebody. Dance moves. Yeah, guns, specific guns that, exactly. that are only accessible if you pay for it's it. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, take your private time, but not during this word from Drew Estate. We need you to stick around and listen to this ad. Introducing the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro, which features a dense, plantation-grown magafina wrapper over a Connecticut River Valley broadleaf binder with fillers from Nicaragua. Showcasing the floral and earthy Brazilian magafina tobacco with unique texture, the Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro is manufactured at La Gran Fabrica Drew Estate, blended by Willy Herrera and presented in five vitolas. It's now available at Drew Estate retailers nationwide. And we're back. This is the part of the show that I am not prepared for because I forgot to fill Ooh, this I in. I see that. I see a but, uh, hole so, there. So I'm going to maybe go last, but uh, this is where we offer our parting recommendations, things that we think you should eat, smoke, do, drink, buy. Eric, what you got? Uh, I am I am rereading uh, Pet Cemetery from Stephen King or by Stephen King. Uh, I read that, whatever, 20-some-odd years ago. Uh, loved it. And now that the new version of the remake uh, of the movie is coming out, I wanted to reread it. And man, I am I am loving that book again. Do you I, wanna, I forgot how much I loved it. Do you want to control an Ivan control F moment right now? I'm ready. I always thought it was cemetery. Like Whoa. the proper spelling or wait, like cement or cemetery, like the regular spelling of cemetery. Well, right. th- this the, the cemetery is not spelled correctly. In the title of this book, however, it is not cemetery. It's C E M E T. There's no N in there. Okay, that's a double control F. That's for a double controlling at home. <laughs> yeah. However, I will say the reason you think it's cemetery is because that is very common Spanish, in Miami yeah. because the Spanish is cementerio. Cementerio. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. 
So, yeah, but, the it, but this is spelled incorrectly. It is. It yes. is because the, the pet cemetery was originally made by kids, and they, they they misspelled it. Got it. Yeah, cemeteries are like salmon for dead people. <laughs> in oh. that in that way, yes. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I got that. Ivan, what you got? Uh, speaking of dead cats. <laughs> uh. Wild Fork Foods. I thought you were, sorry, I thought, Nick, you were segueing for him because oh. Wild Fork sells salmon. I did not know. So I thought you were doing that, and then there was totally cricket, cricket. Even, <laughs> when, no, no, no. even when I'm not trying. Such a segueer. So I got uh, Wild Fork Foods. Again, another thing I was introduced to by your brother. Yeah. Um, the last one was the sous vide. Last one was sous vide. He's a contributor, a food contributor to this podcast put him on the masthead for Uh, sure so wild fork all they sell is frozen food so you go into these very clean and uh symmetrical very well laid out stores and it's all freezers full of a variety of different kinds of meat and and that's really the best thing about it i think you get a like all sorts of like different kinds of cuts and varieties and grades of meats, along with like seafood, uh, chicken, everything. Um, everything that can be frozen. Everything that can be frozen. I'm not sure if the price is much better than what you would get. From the little I've looked at it, though, it does look like the prices are I better. I can't. Maybe, maybe. But you've bought there. I have. Yeah, yeah, so yeah I, may, I, I, maybe. I, you know, maybe but, speaking at a turn here. Um, but what they claim is that they their freezing process is like, I don't know, some special way of freezing it. So that's why the food is better. And the food is good. Um, and they have free delivery. Also, yeah, that's the convenience. Which of is it, right? very, yeah. very nice. So, And is it delivery anywhere? Do we know how, how much reach they have? You have to enter your zip code and then it'll tell you if they deliver to you or not. So, okay. So but I think ch- it, is, it is a national It is national, chain, yes. So. But it depends yeah. on where the stores are. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah. So, so Wild Fork, wild Foods. Fork Foods. Yeah, so I'm seeing that I, there are three in South Florida, but I, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to find like a, a whole list of their of their locations. So I've, way. Wanted, I've wanted to do it. Chuck you know, came in talking about that the other day. And I haven't gotten around to do it because I've been so damn busy lately. But I'm, I'm interested. What did, you ask, what did you buy that you made? What did I get? I think I got... Berkshire, pork, uh, chicken. Desserts were wonderful. Got like a lava cake that was amazing. Um, and, and some sauces. I was interested in seeing if they had, because uh, they all, they advertise these these frozen sauces. And I go, oh, that's great because I hate making sauces. The sauces were okay. They tasted pretty commercial to me. But for the most part, all the meats were good and the desserts were great. So from what I'm seeing, it is just a South Florida thing. So there are three stores, and they're all around here. And that's it. Yeah. There, oh, oh. There might crap. be. Others. I thought this was a national chain. They might have like similar. There might be other people with a similar similar model elsewhere in the country. But from what you're saying, and like everybody who we've heard anything from has good things to say. Got to figure it. They'll branch out to you yeah. soon. Yeah. So so anyway, Wild Fork, check that out. Uh, I'm gonna stay with the food theme. I'm recommending a thing that I have not actually consumed yet. Uh, but mm. I did order it. I pre-ordered I'm it. of these. So I am recommending All About the Burger, A History of America's Favorite Sandwich. This is a book that you can uh, pre-order. Maybe you can order it by now? No, uh, April 15th. The release date is in 10 days, but you can pre-order this book 
on Amazon, and this is a book about the history of burgers by Seth Gonzalez, better known as Burger Beast, one of South Florida's favorite food influencers on social media. Um, he's a, a food scene uh, fixture by now. Yep. Uh, maybe even, like, I, I would say South Florida's best-known food personality who doesn't actually cook or have a restaurant. Um, like, people know Burger Beast. Yeah. People know who he is. People know what he does. He's all over the place. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. I think uh, for, for a number of reasons. Number one, I like uh, I like meat. And, I like and burgers. Meat on bread in burger form. I like turtles. <laughs> I like turtles also. There might, I'm sure you, there might be something in there about turtle burgers. Who knows? Um, I'm sorry if you don't get that one. <laughs> right. Uh, but also, I think there's something interesting about uh, you know, one of these like basically social media influence, or at least that's how he's you know really made a uh, name for himself and gotten popular, kind of crossing over into this selling books area. Um, which you know, you see some of in, in other areas of life, like maybe people who become famous uh, pop stars after having put up some YouTube videos or comedians or whatever. So, I think it's pretty cool that a uh, that a food influencer has uh, from South Florida has gone and, and written a book and that's on its way. So yeah, and by the way, I just checked it. Uh, it will be released April 15. Right. So, yeah, it's still pre-order. Yeah, sixteen ninety nine. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Right. So, it, yeah, it should not take us a week and a half to get this episode up. But who knows? Hopefully not. Yeah. Anyway, um, with that, I think we're good. I think we're done. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, this has been the Cigar Snob Podcast, episode 80. Welcome to the eighth floor of the podcast. You can follow us on social media at Cigar Snob Mag, across, across all of the social media things. Go to CigarSnob.com or CigarSnobMag.com if you're an old school sort of person. Send us your feedback. Hell, even Cigar Snob Magazine works too. Whoa. So if you Mind want, blown. if you need a finger workout, go to <laughs> CigarSnobMagazine.com. Uh, send us all your feedback uh, at info. Sorry, feedback. Feedback or info. All, there's so, you have so many options. Uh <laughs> feedback at cigarsnobmag.com uh, and then subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already or share with your friends at Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Again, a an embarrassment of riches as far as ways to give listen us, to give us a like. like and subscribe and thumbs up and five stars and all that shit. So, uh, okay, yeah, that's it. Well, goodbye. Thanks, guys. Later. See you. Yeah.